and Sean. And it's Bree. Welcome. Today we're going to be talking about Dunvegan Provincial Park in Alberta, the Maritime Museum in Victoria, BC, and Newman Wine Vaults in St. John's, Newfoundland. Oh. Yes. So a few different places that we're going to check out as per usual. And we're going to be talking about the show that was launched by t e called Haunted Hospital Season 3. Yes, so we're going to be definitely talking about that show and um, kind of giving our opinion on the show and hoping that you will check it out and love the show as much as we do. So, are you enjoying this lovely weather that we've been having here in March in Toronto? I have been. I know. It's so nice. It's been wonderful. So wonderful. Yeah. Especially with everything that's going on, too. Um, It's nice to kind of get the the nice weather early so that you can kind of get out there and almost like you want to go out there and just breathe in deeply to kind of take in that outside air and um you know that kind of thing yeah we we went hiking all weekend just short hikes but we wanted to really go to the areas where the birds were um i guess uh really friendly so they'll come down and they'll eat nuts out of your hand (laughs) So cute. Oh, that's so cool, you know? Yeah, we did that, and then uh, I got a sunburn. I can't oh, believe it. Wow. <laughs> well, it is spring, and, the and you know, the, the equinox is changing. Is that the right thing, the equinox? Yeah, yeah. Or the the level of the sun, if you will. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, and it was a beautiful day today, and I was out on my... Uh, outside doing some things and getting some things set up and getting ready for it. So if it snows again, eh, whatever. But at least we know the weather is definitely on its way. Oh, thank goodness. Well, don't forget, there's always one day in April that Uh, wants to be cold. I know. (laughs) But that's okay. You know what? At that point, hopefully you still got your sweaters out and all that stuff from winter. Just for that last, you know... Greer of winter that decides to show its ugly face again. Yeah. Hey, what day do you want to predict? I predict that we are going to have a major snowfall April 25th. Ooh. I hope not. I, <laughs> it happens every year. <laughs> I know. It does. It does. I actually have a video of uh, I took out my window in May and it was snowing hard. And I think this was last year. Yeah, that was 2019. Okay, yes. So that was two yeah, years ago. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I couldn't believe it was so cold in May. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. really chilly, and it was, like, too long. But anyways, if we're talking predictions for the last snowfall, I'm going to say that it's going to be on April the 10th. All I'm right. just throwing it out there. No rhyme or reason. Just doing it. Get it done early, you know. <laughs> I would prefer it to be early. (laughs) Yes, yes. But anyways, getting right into it, we're going to talk about Dunvegan Provincial Park in Dunvegan, Alberta. So the Provincial Park is located at the intersection of the Peace River and Highway 2 between Roycroft and Fairview. The site is also thought to be one of Alberta's earliest fur trade posts and missionary center. 
also the location of the original Fort Dunvegan built in 1805. Mackenzie and his crew of nine were on the hunt for fur trading possibilities, also looking for a route to the Pacific. During the winter of 1792, the group encountered the members of the Beaver First Nations and learned much about their culture. Due to a rivalry in 1823, fur trading stopped in the area, but in 1828, the area again played a large part in fur trading. Denvigan was used for curing furs, pressing furs, and bailing them for shipment down the river. In the 1840s, with so much hunting going on in the area, which became such a source of income, the animals were becoming scarce. So it got to a point where these people basically starved to death because they didn't have any money to buy anything and they really couldn't go anywhere else. So pretty serious stuff. But then in in around 1841, the missionaries came and they were there to help people. They were building churches um, and, and kind of bringing some hope to the area. And in the later years, like in around 1903, the attendance at these churches were dwindling. So they weren't uh, in use very often or very much, I should say. The railway was supposed to come to the area, but unfortunately that never materialized. And once people heard that this was going to happen, they went and bought all this land uh, in the area and nothing really ever materialized. So there's even some people that still own the land to this day. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. The church was eventually turned into a museum, and in 1956, they pressured the government to acquire a portion of the land to turn it into the provincial park that it is today. In 1960, the ferry was replaced by a large suspension bridge, and roughly in 1984, the campgrounds opened, and finally in 1994, the visitor center was opened. So definitely an area that is being used, um, you know, to this day. And there's a lot of history. And I think in this portion, I'm only really just scratching the surface. Um, so um, lots more information where that came from about the fort and what have you. And I think this is where you, some of the ghost stories, I think, are going to come from. I don't know. Bree's going to tell us in a little bit. In any case, there's there's a lot of history there. There's um as I was saying earlier, there's museums and um, campsites and, and what have you. So it's it's uh, definitely a place where you can go and enjoy right now. I definitely. never thought of provincial park be haunted. I know. I know. I never really thought of that either. So when it came up in, in my research, I was like, oh, okay. You know, we did a go, we did a ghost ship. You know, we kind of stepped out yeah. of what we normally do. So why not do, you know, a... Um, uh, provincial park you know as long as it has a ghost you know even that other place that we did um the uh the restaurant we did i think it was last episode the f i don't know it only had like a little tiny ghost part and it's like you know what who cares like i mean a ghost is a ghost is a ghost right so <laughs> doesn't have to be like ten thousand ghosts there right no, exactly. Everybody's there could be one ghost that terrorizes yeah, everybody. Right? Everybody's story is unique and yeah, and exactly. you know, I feel that 
you know, being... Well, now that, it, it makes me want to add this provincial park to my list of hikes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I don't think I'll camp there, but I would oh. probably hike during the day. <laughs> yeah. I think my, like, camping and camping days in a tent are done, <laughs> but, like, I mean, if I was, if they have, like, little cottages <laughs> or something that you can rent, I would be totally oh, yeah. down with that, you know? Yeah, that's what we're looking into now. That's yeah. what we're doing now. I'm in, too old for camping in a tent. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I can so. I can say that now. I'm over 40. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. Call me too. whatever. I think they call it glamping. Glamping? Have you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you ever heard that before? Yeah, I have. Yeah, glamorous <laughs> camping. <laughs> I would even be okay with the Winnebago. Yeah, I would too. I don't know. I'm probably aging myself, and I probably sound like I'm like 75 with my, you know, dockers pulled up to my nipples. And <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, God. All right. Well, <laughs> so now over to Bree to talk about the ghosts of the Dunvegan Provincial Park. Bree? <laughs> Thanks. There's quite a lot of reports about this place. So, really? Uh, it's even more on my list. <laughs> wow. Okay. So after the bridge's completion in November 1960, there was many reports of a woman walking barefoot in the snow down the middle of the bridge. Really? Yep. I just got the um, creeps when you said that. I don't know why. We talk about ghosts all the time, but that one just, like, I, I don't know, maybe because it's like, somebody out there in the bare feet you know in the snow mm-hmm. i just feel like bad like oh you know mm-hmm. yeah. exactly you would think it was somebody first not a ghost yeah. right away yeah um apparently she's also been seen uh wearing a white gray hooded coat okay well at least she was wearing a coat <laughs> <laughs> um apparently she's also uh when she's approached and asks if she needs any help. She never acknowledges anybody. And then suddenly just vanishes without leaving any footprints or nothing. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I guess they see her um, more often, I guess, than any other ghost. Yeah. Hmm. Um, also, people say they see her on the hill with a lantern. And it appears to be like she's holding a, a basket or something. You know, back then what they used to pick berries with. Yeah, okay. Something like that. Yeah. And then apparently there's another ghost that resides in the um in the historic rectory, the park. Okay, so like one of the churches, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. On the first day to open, one visitor had a knowledge of the past or a a recognition or some, whatever you call that. Where you see something that like happened in the vision. past that didn't happen to you. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> they didn't call it that though. I know. Call it different. <laughs> yeah, it was like a premonition, not a premonition, but a recognition or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, um, if they pick up a pen from a desk in the bishop's room on the second floor, uh, they've seen what they believe uh, to be, looks like a priest is sitting in the desk. Ooh. Writing a letter. Oh, Wow. And uh, and then they have uh, seen him on the second floor, like, if the light is on, they can see, like, the priest silhouette in the window, and it looks like he's watching down below. Mm, creepy. 
Mm-hmm. So I guess there's like three active ghosts in there. Well, no, I guess in the rectory it would be the same ghost. as It would probably be the priest. So they have the priest and then they have the woman. Wow. It'd be crazy but to see either one. But they don't have any information about the woman and who she actually was. I know. I know. The Sometimes they don't, you know. Sometimes it's just oh, in, actually, the, in the land. There is a little note here that says it kind of looks like uh, they describe it as a nun's habitat, her hood, her oh. hooded jacket. Well, that so would maybe make she sense. Was a, maybe she was a nun, or you know, when the, before they become a nun, that that time frame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's very possible, right? So, anything could be a possibility, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Anything more for the ghosts? Uh, nope. That is all I have. That's all they wrote. All right. Well, <laughs> moving on to the Maritime Museum of British Columbia, in. Victoria, B.C. The museum aims to educate people with regards to the maritime culture and the history of the Pacific Northwest through rotating exhibits and community programs. The Maritime Museum of B.C. was started by naval officers in 1955. The museum moved in 1963 to 1964 to downtown Victoria And then the venue was closed in October 2014 due to the fact that it was using an old courthouse and needed to be repaired. So they could not use that building anymore. Um, So in 2015, they moved to a new location on Humboldt Street. And in this collection, it contains 35,000 artifacts. Eight, that's a lot, 35,000. That, yeah, that's a big collection. They have 800 model ships. Um, they also have logbooks, uh, naval records, ship plans of over 1,800 uh, ships, and, and over 36,000 photographs. Yeah. So they have quite the collection there. So if you're ever in the area, um, definitely check it out. But as, as always, on to the ghosts of the Maritime Museum of British Columbia. Bree, take it away. <laughs> um, we actually have a lot for um, this location as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. All right, so there was Matthew Bigby. He resides there also. In the, he was known as the Hanging Judge. He was first Chief Justice, and although held in high regard, he was quite controversial for his role in the hanging of six chiefs during, his, during the war. Oh, wow. Bodies, bodies of executed men were buried in unmarked graves, and they still lie underneath the building. Oh, wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, apparently people on the third floor where the courthouse was located have seen ghosts. Um, they usually see a tall figure dressed in all black and a robe and they see him walking across the bench to the bench. Sorry. So that must've been where they went. So not where, sorry. That must've been when they were in the courthouse. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Uh, some people say they've uh, heard voices, footsteps, and they'll smell like the smell of a pipe all there at the same time. Uh. 
the judge is also known to wander and is also seen standing at the window near the entrance to the museum or down the main staircase. Wow. There's also other ghosts there. Um, apparently, other ghosts there are said to be criminals. They were executed in the gallows. So that'd be kind of creepy. Seeing yeah. Huh. Um, there's also a small space on the first floor. Visitors report seeing uh, being choked. Or, sorry, they have feelings of being choked. And others have reported heavy feelings standing on their shoulders kind of feeling. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. I wonder. Um, I wonder if those people think at that time that that's a ghost. I don't know. I think. I don't know. Maybe at first they think it's something medically wrong with them. Like all of a sudden you're feeling so pushed down, and uh, unless yeah. it felt like somebody was holding you down, like it felt like fingers. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, they would have to say themselves, really. Yeah. And back then, how could they even explain it? I know. I know. So apparently staff have also had experiences of being suffocated in that area. Wow. I wouldn't even want to walk by that area. <laughs> no, because then, you know, that would just feel like it would just suck the energy out of you, you know? Well, it's probably because of where they were hung. That's probably that feeling you get. Yeah. That energy is very heavy and very negative, right? Yeah. So oh, That's awful. So usually when that happens, I thought... Okay, it's not a poltergeist, because a poltergeist would fully um, try and take over your body. But what is that one where, what is it called? There's spirit, there's ghost, apparition. No, it wouldn't be an apparition. The ones that are able to, like, move things and touch things. The ones that have, uh, they're, they're really good with the elements. Maybe it is a poltergeist because they can get into the electricity, yeah, right? Yeah, because they can move things and and. It's probably a poltergeist. Then. I think it is a poltergeist. Yeah, and they can be good or they can be bad, right? So. Yeah. 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 Um. So apparently, another on the second floor below where the courthouse washer ships models are, um, and artifacts and stuff. Yeah. The um staff feel like they have ghost activity attached to them when they're there. Huh. So it's kind of like happening all over that 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 um, courthouse. Mm-hmm. A lot. Like it yeah. seems like most of it is from that location. Mm-hmm. Wow, weird, eh? In these places, the they hear disembodied voices and objects moving without um, any help or reason, or go see you see them like roaming around in the area. And then that makes me think that like maybe where did the ghosts come with the stuff from the museum? You know, like they're attached to the artifacts. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And in That's that sense, really because true. they have so many, right? We yeah. were talking about 35,000 different artifacts and models, ships and stuff like that. Maybe, you know, maybe they're tied to it. And that's where you get that congregation of spirits sometimes. Yeah. Huh. Right. So apparently the staff say that there's still ongoing paranormal activity, but they don't feel threatened by the ghosts like they did before. Wow. Well, that's good, you know, maybe yeah. because they moved to the new location. So now they don't yeah. really feel it anymore. Well, that's good. Maybe, maybe I put it to rest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like a pretty active place back in the day with this oh, judge sure. and, you yeah. know, the hangings and stuff like that and having bodies being 
buried underneath the building, you know? Well, anytime there's been, well, I've heard stories before of any other um, Native American or indigenous cultures that have been buried in locations and things have been built on top. They've been haunted. Yeah. Yeah, Look at Poltergeist. Well, like we're talking about Poltergeist. Look at that movie, for instance, right? Right. Even though it's like a fictitious movie, like I mean, but yeah. that's their basis that they used yeah. um, for that, and it could be loosely based off of a true story. Who knows, right? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Not that they've ever said that. I'm just saying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I have for the ghosts. All right. Well, that was quite a bit, and it was really kind of interesting to hear. Um, but now we're going to move our attention to the Newman Wine Vaults in St. John's, Newfoundland. And they are located at 436 Water Street um, in St. John's. And it's a large brick building with two large front doors, and it almost looks like a, like a clubhouse or something like that. Or like, I don't know, it just looks like a big concrete um, building with two, looks like large doors that you can open. But they go like right down inside into um, like these the cellars, so to speak. Um, because they store the wine down there so it can age and all that good stuff with, you know, the wine. So the vaults are believed to be the oldest structures remaining in St. John and only one of the few vaults left. In 1679, a Portuguese vessel uh, loaded with wine, um, the ship was thrown off course by basically pirates and... After a terrible storm, the captain of the ship decided that he was going to go to St. John's um, because he couldn't make it to England. Um, so the wine, the cargo, was taken from the ship and it was stored in caves for the winter. So the following spring, the ship now, I guess the weather was a lot better, wasn't dealing with snow and, uh, and ice and all that stuff. Um, was finally able to make its journey back to England. And when they got the wine home and they were trying it, they noticed that it was smoother. It had a better flavor. And from that point on, history was made, and Newman & Co. decided that it would age its wine in St. John's, Newfoundland. And it was, yeah, yeah, it was done right up until 1914. So, yeah, and they do tours and all that kind of stuff now. They used to hold weddings and stuff there, um, but I don't think they do that anymore. So, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a few pictures of the inside, and it looks very, like, it looks pretty old, like, confined. Um, but, like, I mean, it's not like you're in, well, basically you're in a tunnel, but it's, it's not like... Um, and those of you that have been to Castle Loma, you know Castle Loma when we were down in those tunnels? Yeah, yeah. It's not like that. Like, it's higher so that you feel like you have more room to breathe. And so that's all I have for the Newman Wine Vaults of St. John's, Newfoundland. Now over to Bree, as always, to discuss the ghost of the vaults. Thanks. <laughs> 
No problem. All right. <laughs> so there are a lot of reports of people experiencing odd things happen happening when they're there. Okay. Um, a lot of phantom voices where employees would hear their name called out when they were in the vault. Um, staff leave through the side door, and an employee was washing some things in the sink near the door, and she heard her name being called out. Hmm. That's always creepy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I know. I hate that when you think you heard, and then you go looking to see where it came from, and nobody there. Yeah, it's like, am I going crazy? The only time that ever happens to me, I literally, is only when I'm asleep. I'll hear, like, someone's calling my name. And it gets louder and louder and louder. And then I'll wake up. And nobody's there. And then the next time that they were there, they heard footsteps on the gravel floor. And they were working uh, when they heard this crunching on the floor. They thought they had missed a visitor. So the woman went to go check the two vaults that were there, met up. Nobody was there. (laughs) Um, Another experience was uh, someone reported they heard someone running back and forth on the roof. And then when someone up to check for anybody trespassing up there there was nobody there wow um yeah and then apparently there was a psychic a psychic talked about someone named john nolan who lived in a rooming house on springdale street he had disappeared and was known to carry lots of money and he disappeared around the newman wine vault and the psychic said that he hid in a gap between the ceiling of the warehouse and it was built over in 1903 and he was buried somewhere he was buried elsewhere on the site weird Mm -hmm. it's such a weird story (laughs) (laughs) but interesting nonetheless but just so odd you know um there was also someone said when he hid there he was desperate for food and ate a cat that had been found when it was excavated archaeologists covered half the body of a cat gross gross so he was munching on fifi Lovely. When they hosted a wedding, a couple were getting married, and they saw they someone took a picture, and in the top right hand corner, you could see what looks like the image of a man floating and wearing a white shirt. Anything more for the ghosts? Of that is all I got for the ghosts. All right. Well, very interesting. Like, I mean, some definite the interesting stories that are tied to the Newman Wine Vaults of St. John's. Yeah, that is actually really pretty interesting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Lots of very good, interesting stuff there. Okay, so we're going to talk about our new paramedia segment. And in this episode, we're going to talk about TNE's new series, Haunted Hospitals, which airs every Wednesday at 8 Pacific and Eastern Time. I know we had an opportunity to uh, review the first couple episodes, which have already been aired on TNE. So definitely check out TNE um, and see if you can catch up on those episodes. And I know, Brie, you did a brief synopsis of the two episodes. Yeah, I um, I thought I'd write down some notes and just maybe discuss briefly. But um, during episode one, the first case that was on there was with a gentleman named Marlon Brandon, who was a nurse's assistant, I believe. And um, he had experienced a very negative type of energy there. Okay. And at first, at first it was more um, shadowy. So just mm. like darkness in the, in the area. 
And then as the story goes on, you learn and you see for yourself how more prevalent the ghost becomes. Yeah. Because he wants to be seen and he wants to be known. That's right. That's right. You know, always good stories on these shows. And and I really enjoyed the first two episodes, you know, like they were really, it's like one of those things, oh man, it's over. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, want, exactly. you just want to see more, right? And I think for me, I think I really empathize with him a lot because I work in long-term care. Yeah. So um, I can imagine, you know, all those people that die, right? Yeah, that's right. That's what they're literally, most of them are there for, so just to live out the rest of their lives. Um, But it was was a really good story. It was interesting. I don't want to give out too much information, so... Um, uh, the second case that was on there, um, it was very intense. Like from the moment the episode began, I felt very, um, I don't know. Like on the edge of your seat? Kind yeah, of? Like yeah. I was like, oh man, oh man, like the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so. there was a lot of stuff that really kind of like went, wow, like, wow, did this really happen? <laughs> yeah, that's what it felt like. Like it yeah. was like a hallucination, like this can't be real. Yes. Uh, and then the third case was a, was about a mother and a baby. It was also very uh, adaptable, but such um, an interesting situation. It almost made me feel towards the end, if like if it was the child spirit talking to her. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you it mean. Yeah, born yet, right? So the baby's kind of in that limbo too, waiting to be born. So. Yeah. Well, what a weird sort of thing to happen, being a mom. Like, a pregnant, ready to have a baby, and you keep hearing a baby crying. I know, I know. And it was just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. That was a great story, too. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give too much away, either. <laughs> and then episode two, um, that was it was a PSW as well. Um, they felt a lot of dark energy as well. Uh, I think some of the residents may have uh, noticed it as well. Yeah, I think there was a lady, but during the episode where she saw something too, but it was just her and that one PSW at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, that was a good episode too. Uh-huh. Um, and then there was the Iron Lung. Oh, that one was creepy. Oh, the tapping? Oh, yeah, I know. Like that whole episode, I was like, what an eerie sound. It was eerie. And then when you find out at the end what it was, it was just like, yeah. ew. That's and just you felt so, so bad. Yeah. I know, right? So you're just like, oh, crap. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, there's such a backstory to it. And, and, and it just kind of gives you the chills because it's reality. It happened to so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, watch the show. <laughs> then, yeah, exactly. We'll watch it. Um, and then the the last one, the last case, was um, the one with the water problem. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. And I think it was uh, it was criminally insane. It was where the criminally insane were in 1890 when it opened. So it's so creepy. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I think that was it. I think overall I really enjoyed watching them. And I liked how intense it felt. And then at the end, you're like, oh, no, is that it? Yeah, right? Like I was saying earlier. And, and I really enjoyed that intensity, too. 
um, because, you know, that's what kind of you're in for it. So, you know, yeah. T&E, you had us on the hook there. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> We're drawn in, so we have to watch more now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but as we said, you know, check out the show. Um, you could find it on T&E um, every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific and Eastern Time. And also, for those of you, those listeners that have a Roku TV, uh, Blue Ant Media uh, also has launched two free ad-supported streaming television channels. And one of them is called Haunt TV, which has uh, a constant stream of of their uh, television shows that they have uh, had in the past. And also they have launched another one called Crime TV. So um, you can view all crime-related episodes um, and enjoy that as well. So those of you with the Roku, you just go into your Roku and go into the Roku store and you can view the channels there under the live TV section. So another way to enjoy lots of paranormal stuff and some crime tv as well while you're at it so check it out is that free it's free yeah completely free so it's almost like um like regular tv like you hop in at a point of an episode oh okay yeah so you can view whatever you want you can see what's coming up i think roku just added some kind of a tv guide so you can see when things are coming on and all that good stuff so it can only get better from there yeah so that brings us to another close of an episode again thank you for joining us and for coming along uh, for the the paranormal ride and um, we look forward to next month when we bring you our next episode as well so Bree, can you tell us how to get in touch with us? All right, Paranormies. You can reach us at ParanormalFilesCanada at gmail.com, on Facebook at Paranormal Files Canada, on Instagram at Canada Paranormal Files, and on Twitter, PFC, Sean underscore Bree. Awesome. Yeah, definitely reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing and if you have any suggestions for the show. And also if you have any paranormal experiences that you would like to share with us. So everyone, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay Stay spooky. spooky.